If you have your Bible, please, um, please open your Bible. Have it before you. You remember last week what I talked about? Can I come and join you here? Is that okay? What did I talk about last week? You remember? Being open. Being open. Yeah. And so we're going to open the Word of God today. One of the things I said to you was about being open to His teaching. And I talked about our relationship that we have with Scripture, our relationship we have with teaching. Is it just something that we read, or is it something that is real and alive to us? So open your Bibles, and let's go to the book of, well, the letter, Galatians. Fantastic letter. I'm going to read from Galatians 5 today. <clears throat> Let me give you some information about Galatians, the, the book. The Galatians, Galatians was written around A.D. 49. Uh, so that gives you some idea on the timeline uh, of Jesus and how long after it was Jesus, not long after Jesus had died and rose again and was with the Father. So it was written about A.D. 49. Um, it was, Paul wrote this letter after his first missionary journey. So he is actually in Antioch for this letter. He's, it's not one of his prison letters. He's in Antioch. He's been on his first journey, his first missionary journey. And whilst he was on that first missionary journey, he traveled through Galatia. Um, for the whole province, actually, he traveled through. I'm going to go back here. And what I love about this, you can read about it in Acts 14, is that he went to a number of different cities in Galatia. And each city he went to, he would start a church. He would tell them about Jesus, that he is the way, the truth, the life. And he would talk about the freedom they had because of Jesus' death and his resurrection. And so he would start churches wherever he went. And so this letter would have been passed around those different churches in Galatia. thing was though after Paul had left these churches and was back in Antioch the Jews started teaching some different things in fact they started teaching that faith alone was not enough to be saved that faith was good but they also needed to do other things according to the law like circumcision and so this false teaching had drifted back into the church. And so, the, hence the reason for Paul's letter to the Galatians, to just encourage them and put some things right for their understanding, to come back to that simple gospel, the gospel that Jesus came, he died, and he rose again, and that if we believe in him, come to him in forgiveness, then we are saved, then we have this eternal life. We no longer are slaves to the sin, slaves to the law that they were once slave to. And so this letter would have been circulated throughout the churches 
in the different cities. In fact, historians, some historians refer to the Galatians as the Magna Carta of the early church due to its clear distinctive and distinctions of faith. So we're going to look at Galatians chapter 5. Title of my talk today is Be Free. If I'd be open, and now it's Be Free. Be free. So, verse 1 says this. So Christ has really set us free. I'm reading from the New Living Translation. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. Listen, I, Paul, tell you this. If you are counting on circumcision to make you right with God, then Christ cannot help you. I'll say it again. If you're trying to find favor with God by being circumcised, you must obey all of the regulations in the whole law of Moses. For if you're trying to make yourselves right with God by keeping the law, you have been cut off from Christ. You have fallen away from God's grace. But, Paul says, we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And he says this in verse 7, You were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? It certainly isn't God, for he is the one who called you to freedom. But it takes only one wrong person among you to infect all the others. A little yeast spreads quickly through the whole batch of dough. I am trusting the Lord to bring you back to believing as I do about these things. God will judge that person, whoever it is, who has been troubling and confusing you. Dear brothers and sisters, if I was still preaching that you must be circumcised, some say I do, why would the Jews persecute me? The fact that I'm still being persecuted, it proves that I'm still preaching salvation through the cross of Christ alone. I only wish that those troublemakers who want to mutilate you by circumcision would mutilate themselves. Strong words. For you have been called to live in freedom. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. But if instead of showing love among yourselves, you are always biting and devouring one another, watch out. Beware of destroying one another. And then he goes on, and and I'm not going to look at that today, but he goes on to talk about living in this new life that we have in the Holy Spirit. And that because of that Holy Spirit, because of nailing all the sinful nature to the cross, we, we see the fruits of the Holy Spirit alive in our lives and and we know those fruits that we are 
looking at at the moment in the, in, in the children's clubs and things. Fruits of the Spirit. So, verse 1 says this, Christ has really, God, Christ has really set you free. Christ has set us free. What a great way to start that. Christ, so Christ has really set us free. Because of Jesus' life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, we are free. We are free, so let's be free. Yeah? Jesus talks about being free um, in John chapter 8. Of Such a well-known phrase, one maybe overused, but a great one nonetheless. In, in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32, Jesus said to the people who believed in him, You are truly my disciples if you keep obeying my, law, my teachings, for you know and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. We know the truth, that Jesus is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. We know that truth, we've given our lives to him. So as believers, we are free. He has set us free because of that truth. Galatians 4 talks, says it in such a wonderful way as well. If you just turn your page to Galatians 4 verse 1, Paul says this about freedom. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it is with us before Christ came. We were slaves to the spiritual powers of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son, born of a woman, subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because you Gentiles have become his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And now you can call God your dear father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, everything he has belongs to you. That is you. That is me. We, are, we sing the song, don't we? No longer a slave to fear. I am a child of God. We are no longer slaves to this law. But yet sometimes I think we, don't, we live differently. We don't live in the freedom that God and Jesus calls us into. Paul says that we are called into his freedom. Freedom in life in the spirit, but sometimes we allow this flesh of ours to take over. I want to encourage us today, I want to challenge us, as I always do, to be free. To live in that freedom. And in a few moments we'll find out what we were called into freedom for. Because of Jesus, because of his life, because of his death, because of his resurrection, we are free. No longer slaves to this law and to sin. We are free. But then you see, Paul says something else in verse 1. He 
He says, now make sure you stay free. What do you think he's saying there? Starts off with this great declaration, Christ has really set you free. And then he says this, make sure you stay free and don't get tied up again in slavery to the law. I've already told you that what was happening, um, some people were preaching that faith alone in Jesus is not enough, that, we, that you have to be circumcised as well. And then, of course, Paul said, well, if you're going to go down that route, then you're going to have to keep all the other laws as well. You can't just pick circumcision. You can have to keep all those other laws in order to be free. And, of course, as we look at church history, that was impossible. That's why Jesus came, took on the punishment, took that, that atoning, the atoning for our sins so that we may live life if we put our faith in him. Make sure you stay free. And that's why I say these words, be free. Make sure you stay free. No turning back. No looking back. No doubts. No second thoughts. No thinking, I don't deserve it. No thinking, I have to do this or I have to do that in order to be free. You are free. So be free. Live like it. We don't need to be circumcised. We don't need to be doing things of the old way of life because we have a new life because of Jesus. And then we have this power within us, the power of the Holy Spirit because of us being born again into this new life with Jesus, born of the Spirit. And that leads so nicely into verse 5 where Paul says, but we who live by the Spirit, I just love those words. They speak of such communion, such um, communion together, community together. But we, we, we who live by the Spirit, talking about you and me who have given our lives to Jesus, we now live by the Spirit. Eagerly wait, but we who live by the Spirit eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God through faith. Turn with me to some more words um, by Paul in Romans chapter 8. This is a great passage of scripture. Romans chapter 8. If you're ever feeling doubts, if you're ever feeling like, who am I? If you're ever feeling... All those things, fear and things like this, I encourage you, speak this out loud over your life. Romans chapter 8, because it's amazing, it's incredible. And I'm going to read it to you this morning and read it over us and declare it over us today. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. For the power of the life-giving Spirit has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. The law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. But God put into effect a different plan to save us. He sent his own son in a human body like ours, except that ours are sinful. God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. 
He did this so that the requirement of the law would be fully accomplished for us who no longer follow our sinful nature, but instead follow the Spirit. Those who are dominated by the sinful nature think about sinful things. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit think about things that please the Spirit. If, you are, if your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. But if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. For the sinful nature is always hostile to God. It never did obey God's laws. And it never will. That's why those who are still under the control of their sinful nature can never please God. But you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You are controlled by the Spirit if you have the Spirit of God living in you. Since Christ lives within you, even though your body will die because of sin, your spirit is alive. Because you have been made right with God, the Spirit of God who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you. And just as he raised Christ from the dead, he will give you life. He will give life to your mortal body by the same Spirit living within you. So, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation whatsoever to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. For if you keep on following it, you will perish. But if through the power of the Holy Spirit you turn from it and its evil deeds, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God. So, you should not be like carrying fearful slaves. You should behave instead like God's very own children, adopted into his family, calling him Father, dear Father. For his Holy Spirit speaks to us deep in our hearts and tells us that we are God's children. And since we are his children, we will share in his treasures. For everything God gives to his son, Christ, is ours too. But if we are to share in his glory, we must also share his suffering. How does that make you, how do you respond to that passage? How does it, how does it make you feel? Give me some feedback. Quite quiet this morning. I haven't heard what the rugby score is. Is it, is it, is it sad? Ah, okay. Sorry to hear that. As an Englishman. What does that make you feel? Come on, some, give me some feedback. Give me some feedback. Not the rugby score. Um, <laughs> that passage I just read. Were you listening to me or were you somewhere else? Grateful. Yeah. 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 That's great, Val. Do you think sometimes we we forget that, or yeah? Mm-hmm. Yeah, grace, isn't it? Anybody else? Anybody back there? Peter. Yeah. It's absolutely incredible, isn't it? Yeah. And this is why I say that sometimes we forget, sometimes we are maybe low or down. But if we, we tap into what this passage is saying, in, in what Paul is saying in Romans 8, this is who we are. And so the challenge is there, you know, we, we need to be free. But the, but the truth is we are free, but sometimes we don't live like that. And so reminding ourselves who we are. We are children of God. 
we are his. And everything that Jesus has is ours as too. And that's the sort of life. You know, that one line, the same power that raised Christ from the dead is alive in us. What? That is amazing, yeah? But back at this table here, Flora, your table, anything that sort of... The gospel, yeah. Yeah. And, and this is what Paul is doing in the Galatians, writing to the Galatians, bringing them back to that place where maybe they, they have been trying to avoid sin and, and trying to live this life of, you know, can you remember when Simon talked to us about sin um, avoidance is no substitute for, the, for God's abundance? And that's who we live by. We live by this abundance, this life that we have, this freedom that we have. We are no longer subject to that law that um, the Jews were talking about there. So the simple gospel, isn't it, Linda? That Jesus come, he died, and as we come to him with the forgiveness, we are then set free to live for him. Yeah, it is amazing. Paul goes on to say in Galatians 5, let me get back there. But we, love that, we, we, us, we who live by the Spirit, eagerly wait to receive everything promised to us who are right with God. Thank you, Jesus. For when we place our faith in Christ Jesus, it makes no difference to God whether we are circumcised or not circumcised. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. You remember a few weeks ago, I, I talked about faith and love. And we looked at some passages and we looked at some um, different um, examples of faith and love in action. And I just want to remind us of the, the key passage that we looked at in 2 Timothy chapter 1, um, verse 13. If you remember, I talked about faith and love and, and this in particular, hold on to the pattern of right teaching you, earn, you learn from me. And remember to live in the faith and love that you have in Christ Jesus with the help of the Holy Spirit who lives within us. Carefully guard what has been entrusted to you. Paul reminds us, and he reminds us again in the Galatians, he calls us to remember to live in the faith and the love and the power of the Holy Spirit. Faith and love that we have in Jesus. We need to stand firm. What is important is faith expressing itself in love. And then verse 7 and 8. I love, oh, I just love scripture. I just love how it leads us. I just love how Scripture leads us to Jesus, leads us to more faith, um, greater faith in him, leads us to understanding. And what he says here, listen to this in verse 7. You were getting along so well. Do you ever feel like that? I was getting along so well. Who has interfered with you to hold you back from following the truth? And I love that question because I know for certainly that Paul knows the answer to that question. He knows what's happened. He knows what 
and who I think he probably know, I don't know if he knows who, but he knows what has happened um, in this place where in the in Galatia. He knows what's happened, but he still asks the question. Um, the NIV, I think, says you were running a good race, um, which if you know Paul, and we do know Paul because he writes so much, he loves to talk about the race, doesn't he? The race that we were, that we run, and he sa- he says he says that we were, you were running the race so well, or as this writer says, you were getting along so well. Who has interfered with you? What happened? What happened in your life? And so it's a great question to ask ourselves. Maybe you were running so well. Maybe you were getting along so well, and maybe you feel at the moment you're not living in that freedom. You're not living in that life that that we are told we are living in, that we are sons and daughters of the living God, that we have been set free to live for him. What happened? And so Paul encourages them to ask themselves this question, what happened? What happened? Who interfered? What interfered with your run, with your race? What interfered? What obstacle came in your way maybe? Uh, Or what happened? Because the truth is, It certainly wasn't God because he called you to freedom. So something else has interfered. Something else has happened. And so when we're in these times when maybe we're not getting along so well with our walk with God, we're not really hearing the Holy Spirit as we live because, you know, we have that right as sons and daughters of of God to be living by the Spirit. Remember, we who live by the Spirit... We are free. We, we are called into this freedom. God calls us into this freedom. And so we ask ourselves this question, what happened? And then we have to be brave enough and bold enough to actually answer that question. Because maybe we do know what happened. Or maybe we don't. But if we don't, we ask Holy Spirit to show us what happened. The Galatians, as Paul so knew so well... The Galatians, the Galatians have been hindered by this false teaching that faith alone was not enough, that they needed to be circumcised as well. And so they've been hindered by this false teaching. In order to be free, they had to do something else. But Paul asked this question, and I ask ourselves this question what happened? Why aren't we living the way that Scripture tells us we should be living? Free. Because he says in verse 13, and I've got a wow in my Bible on this bit. Verse 13 and 14. For you have been called to live in freedom. Not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. We've been called to this freedom, which is absolutely incredible, absolutely amazing. But obviously Paul has given us a massive hint there that some people, yeah, they're living free, but not the type of freedom that we are called to be in. It's not a freedom to, to gratify our sinful nature and we think, oh, okay, I'm under the grace of God. It's the freedom to do what? Freedom to what? Love. Freedom 
to love. We have been called to live in freedom, not bondage, not fear, not the law, not always wondering, but called to be free. We are no longer prisoners, we've read. We are no longer slaves. We are free, truly free. I think as far as the whole analogy of slaves and freedom, we, we, it's difficult for us to, to relate to that because we've never been slaves. But if we can enter into that, try and enter into that sort of notion of being a slave, of not, being, not having any freedom, this freedom that we have because we are no longer under the law is incredible. And that's why I say be free. Be free because we are called to be free. But free to what? Free to love. And that's the wow. For the whole law can be summed up in this one command. Love your neighbor as yourself. So Paul throws in this advice. He, 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 he says, look, come on. Yes, you are called to freedom. But not freedom to do what you want. Not freedom to gratify that sinful nature. But freedom to love your neighbor as yourself. And he's obviously quoting Jesus there, isn't he? And Jesus' command to, to his disciples and to us to, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, your soul, mind, strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. We are free to love. And he reminds us of those words of Jesus. John Stott, um, a writer of many books and a, a man that over the years has helped us understand Scripture in, in one way, writes this about this, these two verses here. Christian freedom is very different. Far from having liberty to indulge the flesh, Christians are said to have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires, if you read that in verse 24 of the same passage, chapter 5. That is to say, we have totally repudiated the claim of our lower nature to rule over us. In vivid imagery, which Paul borrows from Jesus, he says that we have crucified it, nailed it to the cross. Now we seek to walk in the Spirit and are promised, if we do, that we shall not gratify the sinful, the natures of the, gratify the desires of the flesh. Instead, the Holy Spirit will cause his fruit to ripen in our lives, culminating in self-control. The wonderful truth is this, that Jesus has set us free. He has set you free. He has set us free free you me we are no longer slaves but we are sons and daughters of the living God think about that for a moment mind blowing Jesus has set you free to be free Be free. 
Not do freedom, be free. And so I encourage us, I challenge us today to run that race that is before us by the power of the Holy Spirit living in you. Be free. Be free. And if you're struggling, wondered what's going on in your life, ask that question that Paul asks. What happened? What happened in order for you to not live in that freedom? And it's good to ask questions like that, I think. Because we are called to this great, great commission to be, like I said, right at the start of today. People who make disciples. And we have this great honor to do that. To be led by the Holy Spirit. To live our lives by the Spirit, not by the sinful nature anymore. To be led by the Spirit. And so, challenge yourself. Ask that question, what's happened? Deal with it. Move on because you have been called to freedom. You are the son and daughter of the living God. So be free. Shall we pray? Hallelujah. Jesus, we thank you for your wonderful grace your wonderful mercy. And we, as we've remembered today, we thank you that you came to earth, gave your life as a sacrifice for the sin of this world. And that we, who have been called by your name, who have come to you with forgiveness, are now your daughters. We are now your sons. And we live in this great truth that your Holy Spirit lives within us, is alive in us, and that we have been called into freedom. And so I pray today that every one of us would run that race. And if there's been obstacles and hindrances along the way, that we would remember who we are in you and stop that, get rid of those things and live by the Spirit. Be led by your Spirit, knowing the truth because the truth sets us free. And so we live for you, Jesus. We live for your, the, the salvation of others, for making disciples who make disciples. We live for you, God and everything that you have in store for us. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Amen.